0: This episode of Please Ask Mickey deals with issues that may raise concerns for some people. If you or someone you know needs help, reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. All right, welcome everybody to um, the second episode of Please Ask Mickey. Um, thank you for listening, of course. This is a podcast um, for women and mums, especially, and it's all about. Just being real about motherhood and real about what it is to be a woman. Um, Today is a really special episode and one that I'm really excited to get into. Um, Postnatal depression, such a huge, huge subject, especially, of course, among mums and new mums. um, And it's something that seems to be becoming more of a topic of conversation um, I can't wait to get more into this. I've got an amazing guest with me today, uh, Lisa Lindley, who is a qualified psychologist and teacher, wife and mother of three uh, young adults. Um, she has a postnatal depression clinic. That's her specialty. Oh, if she can correct me on anything, um, <laughs> but... Yeah, she was uh, recommended to me by many people, so I'm really um, honored to have her here with us today, and I can't wait to ask her some questions and really pick her brain so we can get to know um, more about postnatal depression. So, hello, Lisa.
1: Hi, Mickey. Thanks for inviting me. I'm, I'm really excited to be able to share this really, really important topic and get an opportunity to talk about it.
0: Um, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me, especially at such late notice. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: my pleasure.
0: I would love to, uh, Just I'll let you introduce yourself um, probably a bit better than I did. Um, you know yourself mm-hmm. more than I do. Um, so yeah, tell everyone about yourself.
1: Okay, thanks. Yep, um, my name's Lisa Lindley and I founded the Sunshine Coast Perinatal Centre which is obviously uh, on the Sunshine Coast in Maroochydore, um about oh, 11 years ago, tw- 2007. And, yeah. um, and prior to that I had just been working with families and children in the area of psychology um, since I got my degree a long time ago. Um, And then, yeah, over the years, just really developed a passion for helping women. And I just feel really um, so privileged to be able to share in women's journeys of uh, antenatal and postnatal depression and or anxiety um, because I I get the opportunity to see women recover. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just affects so many areas of their life and their families and their relationships to be able to. Help women recover. It's a really rewarding job. I I really love it.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's amazing. I just got goosebumps all over my body. That's so beautiful. Um, Actually, something you said that uh, surprised me a little bit. You uh, spoke about antenatal depression as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So what we know about um, this area of psychology is that one in 10, so that's 10% of women get depression or anxiety. So I sort of, I'll call it PND, but it really is depression and or anxiety. A lot of women get both. Yes. Some just get one or the other. And I think that's confused people. So now we just call it perinatal anxiety or depression. But yeah, one in 10 get it during pregnancy. And then about one in six or 17% get it within 12 months of the baby being born, and that's called the postnatal depression, yeah. So
0: do the people that um, get it antenatally, do you find that they yeah. it will continue into the postnatal or do they, for some of them, it doesn't continue
1: or...? Yeah. Not... Um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they, it will. they'll get it postnatally, but it does mean that they're at higher risk. Yeah. So... You know, there's there's not a one cause for PND, but there's all these things that we call contributing factors, and the more of those factors you have, the more likely it is that you'll get it. And having it antenatally, or even just having depression or anxiety in the past, means that you're more likely to get it than other people.
0: Yeah, that was actually one of my um, one of my burning questions was whether yeah. there was like a common. Um, like a particular yeah. personality type or, um, I don't know, some sort of common denominator or or something yeah. that made someone
1: more prone to
0: PND? Prone to
1: it. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I'll answer the personality one first and mm-hmm. then I'll talk to you about the other contributing factors. Yeah, that would
0: be um, awesome. But,
1: yeah, what I have found with um, the personality is that Uh, It tends to be people that are more likely to sort of be perfectionist or have really high expectations of themselves or um, people that work in professions that require a lot of routine and structure. So, for example, I see a lot of nurses and a lot of teachers um, at this clinic with PND because they're used to having a lot of organizational structure in their day and then all of a sudden this baby comes along and that's gone um, yes. so in terms of personality yeah, it's more likely to be someone that is you know not controlling but in a negative way but you know likes to have thrives with a lot of control and structure
0: yeah, so, yeah. Um,
1: the other um, contributing factors as I said was someone that has had a history of um, mental health. So if they've had depression or anxiety um, prior to falling pregnant, they're more likely to get it. The same with uh, if they've had uh, family history. So if someone in their family's had depression or anxiety or another mental health issue, then they're more likely there is that genetic component. Um, the other areas that we've found is people that have gone through the IVF process, more likely um, people that have experience any loss or grief or miscarriage Um, even people who've had um, sexual abuse or other type of abuse during childhood are more prone to getting this Um, yeah and the other big ones that we see are people that have had like a traumatic birth so or even a birth that they weren't expecting so Mm. mums you know that have an emergency seizure or just some trauma during the birth often are more likely to get PND and another big one is uh, trouble breastfeeding so, a lot of women go into this um, process with high expectations that they'll have a natural birth and that they'll be able to breastfeed. And when that doesn't happen, um, that can also lead to some postnatal depression um, because those expectations and they feel like, you know, end up feeling like a failure um, as a mum. Yes.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a few other sort of. Um, Contributing factors, for example, a lack of extended family and friend support. So, you know, in Australia in particular, a lot of our family is scattered all over the country and we don't have those close family network around us anymore. Um, Or even up like up here on the Sunshine Coast, a lot of people move here for various reasons and they might have moved away from their close family members that may have offered that support. And and the other thing that happens up here is that we have a lot of fly-in, fly-out um, yeah. families. So I know, heaps. Yeah, heaps. Yeah, heaps. And so the women are quite isolated from their friends, friends and their extended family. So that's another big contributing factor as well. Yeah, so there's there's quite a lot of reasons. There's no one reason we've been able to identify why it happens. But if you put all of those reasons together... You know, you may have had a baby that's um, unwell or unsettled mm. and that can contribute as well. So a baby that, you know, doesn't sleep well or a lot of crying or might have some health issues um, or if the mum has some health issues, that will also contribute. Yeah, so there's there's such a big list. Yeah, that's um, huge.
0: Uh, yeah. There were definitely some that um, surprised yeah, me, like there is, there people that have gone through IVF are more could be mm. more likely. Yeah.
1: And that's one that I've sort of really noticed myself is because IVF is such a difficult and stressful and emotional journey oh, already
0: so with
1: lots of ups and downs and and loss, you know, every month mm. that you're not pregnant, there's that stress, there's that loss, that grieving. And so that when you finally do get pregnant, what I find is a lot of these women you know, they're told that they're so lucky because they've finally got the baby that they always wanted. And if they're not enjoying it or mm. having trouble adapting to it, they're not very likely to come and tell anyone. Um, you know, because this baby's been so wanted for so long, but their yeah. journey in getting there has been so stressful, and they have lots of, um, you know, they've got to have lots of hormone treatment and things like that. So their body's been going through quite a lot of ups and downs
0: over those months. That's Um, so true. I guess it's like, have you heard it? I'm sure you have. You're a psychologist. You know how people that like um, survive cancer and then often they actually um, really can often struggle like with life after that because it's almost like they're not, um, I'm sure you know more about that, but I guess it's it's sort of like a similar thing. It's like they've been Mm. working at this thing for so long and then they finally... Have it's almost like they were never actually expecting it in a way, or like yeah, they um, have so dope. such high expectations. Like, mm. um, but that was actually that's one thing that I feel like I've heard you um, mention over and over again is like that the expectations is like. Yeah, well, do you think that? Um, like, I kind of know, and it's so hard these days because there are such high expectations yeah, for women and I for arms.
1: Yeah, I think, Mickey, you could probably do a whole series of shows on that alone because, you know, we know that that does come into one of those risk factors I was talking about is unrealistic expectations. So, Mm. you know, due to a variety of reasons but probably a big one is social media is that mums have these expectations of themselves that they've they've got to do this perfectly, you know, and they've got to, have this baby and then their body's got to be back to normal and they've got to be able to breastfeed and bond with this baby, you know, automatically and, um, you know, the baby's meant to sleep through straight away and all these sort of pressures that are put on and, you know, and, and these women, are, mums are comparing themselves to what they're seeing on social media and we know that you never can kind of post a photo of, of those bad days no. Um, no, that's yeah. right. All
0: you see is like you know the perfectly um, Instagram grammable room yeah, okay. with all the um, you know all the right, the perfect nursery and the perfect kid. <laughs> and the, I know, yeah. I like, and it's you're so right. And like I know, yeah. um, that's why. I, like I've always really strived with my Instagram, and like the reason that I'm doing this podcast and everything. It's all about. Um, being real and showing yeah. like the real side and yeah like being a mum is amazing and it's beautiful and, the, and the, it really is such an amazing thing but like mm-hmm. it's also hard and you've got to be really real about that and there's so many mums out there feeling like they're the only ones that are having a shit time basically
1: yeah when yeah, no one no one's being real about it and that's why yeah, yeah. I have, I did have a look at your Instagram and I saw that, you know, that you are posting those sort of pictures and I just think that is so admirable because if we can break down the barriers, you know, and those expectations, I sort of say, you know, to the mums I'm talking to, it's like you put on this mask of motherhood and you turn mm-hmm. up at play group and you pretend that you're coping, and that you're enjoying this, and then probably go home and cry for the rest of the day. Um, you know, because it is it is so hard. So, yeah, one of the one of the things that we run here at the um, you know at the perinatal centre is gr- weekly groups, and so. We're just about to start the thirty ninth group. Um, wow, that's awesome! Yes, I'm pretty excited. Um, but over the last eleven years, yeah, we've we've had thirty eight groups, and they run for eight weeks each time. So every school term, I run another eight week group, and they these women meet for two hours a day, uh, two hours a week, just on a, on a Tuesday. And we've got this team of volunteers that look after the babies, so that two two of us psychologists can um, work with the mums. Um, and those oh, women, that's awesome. yeah, and it goes for eight weeks, and those women have most of them have stayed friends with the other women in the group because it's the first time that they can actually, um, you know, tell it how it is and meet other women who are feeling the same. And so their recovery is just amazing. To watch because just being surrounded by other women that just get it, yes. and that they don't—they don't have to pretend and they don't have to wear that mask. Um, mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is so,
0: really, yeah. As like even I found. Um, just having other mum friends just the, and like yeah. the ones who they know you don't hate your kid like you're not, no. you're not complaining no. you don't hate your life you don't hate <laughs> mum life no. you don't wish you, your child wasn't born you just you had a shit night or yeah, you know exactly. for whatever you know you just need to get it off your chest to someone who understands that you don't want to get rid of your kid you just yeah. and once it's off your yeah. chest then you can continue moving on you have a yeah. laugh about it they tell you the same thing happened to them and you're like oh thank god it's not just
1: me. Yeah, exactly it's And, so and these women, they, you know, they've got this closed, you know, Facebook Where, you know, I've, I'm um, I'm on that page so I can see what's going on But one of them might just put down that they're struggling Or mm. that they've had a shit night or they're exhausted And the other women on that page who are strangers to them Will go and drop in a meal Or they'll say, oh do you want to meet down the yeah they're just,
0: so nice. I'm like getting tears in yeah. my eyes. Oh <laughs> Isn't they're that just so beautiful. And
1: last year we we had a 10 year reunion for all of the groups and all some right. of them flew, some of them flew back from interstate and they had attended 10 years ago and they've kept in contact um and they go out and help other women now because they've been through that and they know what that's like so it's really been gorgeous watching those friendships developed over the years. Um, you know, and to go out and speak to other groups of women, and yeah, just to be able to empower other women and know that look, you, you don't have to feel like this, there is help out there. You've just got to basically ask for it, um, mm. and go to the right places for the support it is out there, you know, and not to be sitting at home thinking that you're going crazy or that you're not good enough or that someone might, you know, a lot of people don't go and seek help because they think that. Um, their children might be removed, and and that's just a myth, yeah. you know. In all these years of working with mums, I've never ever met one that would hurt their children, and so yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people just think that P and D means they're those crazy women that might hurt their children, and it couldn't be further from the truth, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, really, so- like the reason that there would be so. Feeling that the way they're feeling is because they love their child so much, really, yes, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And and particularly the mums that have got anxiety, mm. they worry about those children day and night. And that's you know a lot of that anxiety is is the child fed enough? Am I doing it right? Am I going to hurt the child? Um, you know, am I going to do something wrong? Are they getting enough sleep? So there's this constant anxiety about putting the child's needs first and foremost, and they're not really looking after themselves.
0: Yeah, far out. Um, Mm. Do you think that there's, like, actually a question I was going to ask was do you find that it's more um, common, like postnatal depression is more common now than it used to be, or do you think that maybe people are just talking Mm. about it more than they used to?
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right on both of those guesses, because I think that people are probably talking about it a little bit more than you know say um, twenty or thirty years ago mm. um, we we understand a bit more we we're doing a lot of work to make sure we raise awareness mm. um, and sometimes you know I think doctors know most doctors know a little bit more there's still sometimes doctors that might not. Identify it or recognise it But I think that on the whole They are midwives at the hospitals are able to identify it But saying all that I feel like it is More prevalent because Mm. We are living in a society that Um a couple of things, you know, we're more isolated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I said before, we don't have our friend, our family around, and so we're quite isolated. But the other big thing is, I think that our expectations are higher yeah. um, of what motherhood is all about and yeah. what it means. You know, when I hear mum saying, "Oh." how many groups and classes and things like that they're attending during the day for these babies um, the pressure to you know make sure that their baby can do all these things before oh. before they you know yep. go to go to school and i just think you didn't used to have to do that but the other thing is i think there's enormous pressure out there in terms of the information
0: yeah i was going to say that
1: yeah just i think so there's much just of it not too much information like yeah dr dr Google you know causes and there's there's these books out there about bringing up babies or looking after babies or how babies should sleep and i I mm. swear I think that they've kept me in business because <laughs> they create so many problems and so much anxiety if they're not written by you know qualified people mm-hmm. um, You know, anyone can write a book about how a baby should be sleeping doesn't necessarily mean that they've got that information correct. And it can be quite dangerous because mums will grasp at anything to try and make this journey easier. And, and, you know, I just think that they, a lot of the times they've just got to trust their own instinct because most mums are doing an amazing job all by themselves and they don't need to be reading all these books and looking online and getting all this advice. It's just really trust your own instinct.
0: I love um, that. I really like I yeah. actually, I think because um, I haven't, like I was really lucky um, when I had my daughter i think i I have a personality where i'm really go with the flow and like i never Uh, read a single book and i was like however it happens is how it happens and i feel really grateful for that and i think because also my mum um was probably a big contributing factor as well because she was um a single mum of four girls and she kind of uh, was always just sort of um Yeah, that's kind of how, you know, we grew up. And so – and I Mm -hmm. just like – and I think I was so – it breaks my heart that there's just – So much information out there and there's no way that you can possibly tick every single box. If you you know, if you're reading every single book, if you're reading every single blog, if you're telling if you're doing everything, Mm. every single doctor, every single this person that tells you. Like there's just so much of it is just fear, like fear based and Mm. putting so much fear into you, and you're just never gonna reach any of those expectations. No. Like at the end of the day, we've been doing this for how long the only person that can parent your child is
1: you no one knows yes. how to parent your child better than you do absolutely absolutely gee you're lucky that you grew up in that environment and they've you know that you've got that confidence um about your own mothering It's that's so nice to hear and so refreshing to hear because I think that so many mums are just scared of judgment and mm. and I guess That's the other thing is that they have gotten out. You know, we've talked about it already, but the social media and the judgment, it really makes my blood boil because I think that mums need to be able to go and see friends or go to a safe place where they know that whether or not they breastfeed or not, or whether they give birth, you know, by Caesar or by, you know, vaginal, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, They are still a fantastic mum. And it just makes me so sad that there's so much judgment out there in the community about how people are parenting.
0: Oh, I know. Um, Everyone thinks that they're an expert. (laughs) Yeah, and and
1: they're they're absolutely not. not No. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right when you say you're the mum, you're the parent, then you are the one that decides how to how to parent your baby. And that there's no there's no right or wrong, you know, about co sleeping. All that sort of stuff is really um, your decision. Yeah. And as long as you are loving that child, then you really can't go wrong. And I, I love that this um, this research that I read once that said if you are parenting thirty percent um, right. Is it 30% of the time, then that's good enough that the children will will grow up?
0: My child will survive. (laughs) Hopefully, she won't have too many complexes. (laughs) Sounds like my (laughs) guarantee.
1: Yeah, that mother guilt is really, you know. Oh, it it,
0: kills you.
1: Kills you. Mummy guilt.
0: Oh, they're the worst thing. Um, God. And, like, I mean, I say that I, um, you know, was pretty lucky, but. Oh, I still, ha- those mum guilts, they get you so uh-huh. hard and just the fear and the judgment and people telling you, um, you know, oh, my child was doing this by that age or my kid was uh-huh. sleeping through and you're like, oh God, this is, I can't keep up with it. I can't keep up with the, you know, sensory play and the this and like the Pinterest uh-huh. activities and stuff. I'm like, oh, you know what? My kid's going to watch the Wiggles for an hour Forget because it. I need to just yeah. breathe. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just forget it. And I, I know that when I was working in schools, I have to admit, I never saw a kid start, you know, grade one that couldn't walk or talk. So I just thought, well, what was the, what was the, um, the you strength, know, why were we yeah. racing to get that?
0: Yeah, and so true. So, then they get yeah. it eventually. And the thing is, like, yeah. I think people forget um, that just like adults, how every single person is different. There's no one way to be a human. There's no one mm-hmm. way to be a baby. There's no. They're still little yeah. individuals, and they you can't compare. You can't right. compare them. That you just can't. They no. like, <laughs>
1: so
0: no. they come out
1: how they come out. <laughs> exactly. And I, I had a mum in here yesterday, and she said that she's not going to play group anymore because her child's 19 months. And he's not walking yet, and oh, all these, yeah, and that's horrible. Fear, of, fear of judgment. And oh. so she's staying at home and isolating herself. And I just think, oh my gosh, what are we doing? You know, that makes
0: me so sad. Yeah,
1: I've had recently, which is a new thing I'd never heard of, but a mum in here the other day telling me there's, <laughs> there's this thing like lunchbox shaming, you know. Oh, where... what?
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so funny. I always joke that. um. Like, my daughter's lunchbox is how I show off how good I am at parenting to other parents. But I do it sarcastically um, because I have one of those, like, little, um, oh, those little ones with all the different compartments and stuff. And I just love, like, I mean, it's so, I just put fruit in, like, all of them. And I'm like, yeah, there we go, (gasps) mum of the year. (laughs) But lunchbox shaming, isn't it? Like, why do we find that many reasons just to make other people feel bad? Like, that just blows my mind
1: on the hardest job there is in the world. Like, yeah, if only we could just all help each other.
0: And And you you know know that, like, you know that that person already is feeling like they're not doing a good enough job anyway. You know, you don't need to tell them anything else. Like, it is so sad. Um, Actually, one of the questions I had for you, and I think this Mm. will um, be a perfect next step, was Mm. is there anything that we can do as women and as mothers to um, this is kind of like a double question, like one to sort of help support other mums and other women, like friends or friends that are pregnant that aren't, haven't uh-huh. had a child yet. Like how can we, cause I know when I was pregnant, I hated it so much when people would come up to me and they're like, oh, your life's going to change, not for the better. Or like there would be like, you never got, I hope you get ready to never sleep again. I got that about a hundred times a day or, you know, they'd be like, tell me all the bad things that were going to happen or all that kind of stuff, and I couldn't. St- I was like, "Well, oh, I can't take this kid out of me. Like I'm in this. Don't tell me all the oh, bad things that are going to happen." Yeah, exactly. Or, um, you know what can we um do? Because as you said, like support seems to be the biggest thing. Like supporting one mm. another and being there, um, to listen to everything. Like, how can we help our friends that haven't had kids yet, and how can we help our friends that have had kids yet? Um,
1: have had okay so maybe um, in terms of helping women who have had babies mm. um, and I think and knowing that they may have they may be trying to um, hide how they're really feeling for fear of that judgment or fear of um, feeling like a failure is you know to be really sensitive about that and it might mean just you know, spending some time going over, you know, taking a meal or something like that and just saying, how are you going? Because I think sometimes we just forget to ask those questions, you know, how, how are you feeling without sort of any judgment. Um, so I think just check, checking in with them um, mm-hmm. and hoping that, yeah, that they'll let you know Um there's lots of practical ways to help and that might be, you know, do you want me to come over and watch the baby while you have a, a sleep or while you go for a walk, um, something like that, while you go out and have a coffee. So just that, those practical things because what we know about women with postnatal depression is they're very likely to withdraw and isolate themselves. You know, and and really stay home most mm-hmm. of the days. They might find it really difficult to get out. Yeah. Um. It, it, that might be just too overwhelming for them. And I guess that that reminds me. Probably we need to speak about those different symptoms. But, um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of yeah, offering that practical help, but also just listening. One of the big things I have found with with women is that they don't particularly need those solutions. Um. They need to someone just to listen and say, "Look, that must be really hard." Um, mm. Instead of saying, "Oh, look, why don't you do this? Why don't you put the when you? Well, I mean, a lot of them get. Why don't you have a little sleep when the baby's having a sleep?" Oh, I love That's, that. Yeah, it's not helpful. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so just really, instead of coming up with lots of practical solutions, mm. just to be that person that they can listen. So I would, yeah, just suggest checking in. Um, in terms of helping someone during pregnancy, I think for anyone, you know, who might be listening that's pregnant, it's just really about having realistic expectations um, that you're not going to be able to have the most spotless house anymore. Yeah. Um You know, that you might not be able to cook gourmet meals, and and you know, you might not be able to go to the gym every day, and that sort of things. So it's just being realistic about. You know the expectations of yourself, mm. um, and that you you might have spent all this time and money on investing in making sure that you're having this natural birth and and things like that. But to just be realistic, that that might not happen. Yeah. And if it yeah. if it doesn't happen, you haven't failed. You're still a great mum. You know, you've still done. Done a wonderful, amazing miracle in terms of having this baby. Mm. Um, But yeah, that you don't need to go in with these expectations that it's going to be a natural birth and a drug free birth and all these lovely things that that might not happen and that's completely okay. Yeah.
0: You got the kid out, that's all that matters.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just about being realistic and not too hard on on yourself. Did that sort of answer that, what you were? looking for
0: mickey or yeah no that's really good and i think like even what you were saying about um not giving solutions i think that's really Mm. interesting because and i think that can also even um go across to people that haven't yet had it you know who are pregnant instead Mm. of giving all of your advice and you know all your tips and all your tricks and all your everything That's the reason that they're really feeling the way that they're feeling in the first place is because they're overwhelmed with all of these, um, exactly what we said, overwhelmed with information and, and, you know, tips and tricks and everything else that everyone's told them. And, you know, what if that's not working for my kid? My kid's broken. So, you know, like that kind of thing. So instead of trying to help people parent, let them parent and just be there to listen, like if they ask for advice, like say, this worked for me, doesn't mean it'll work for you, but you can give it a try. But, yeah, I think that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, that's great advice, actually. Let people just discover this journey on their own, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that's what it's all about, really. Like, and Mm. it'll take, um, I guess, the pressure out of it it if you're looking at it as though, like, this is, an exciting journey that I get to mm. go on you know yeah. like of course it'll have its ups yeah. and downs and but you know f- and people figure out what works for them and what doesn't yeah. you know and eventually you'll figure it out but um yeah no that's awesome yeah, that's I really love that actually you were talking before mm. about um the symptoms, symptoms. Yeah. yeah I think that's really important yeah.
1: Yeah because a lot of these symptoms can be confused with just what it feels like to be a new parent you know when you're sleep mm. deprived and and um you know when you come home from hospital and absolutely exhausted um so um and so a lot of mums will put these these symptoms down to oh that's just what it's like that's just normal mm. um and they might they might ignore them so what we know is if these symptoms go on for at least 2 weeks or more then it's probably not a, a bad idea to, you know, seek some help. Yeah. Um, so some of the symptoms, there's the anxious symptoms which might be, um, you know, just worrying a lot, worrying, as I said before, about the baby's health, or worrying about going out, being overwhelmed. Um, With things that they used to be able to do, like, you know, normal house activities or cooking or things like that, or going somewhere, driving, just becoming overwhelmed by those tasks. Mm. Um, And then you've got sort of the depressed symptoms where you might be teary, crying, very low or flat. Um, And then also a lot of people report feeling quite irritable and angry or frustrated, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it, hopeless. You mentioned feeling guilty before, feeling like a failure, um, and yeah. And then there's other ones like just having trouble making decisions or concentrating on things. Um, other people might feel quite um, isolated and alone. Um, or even indecisive, you know, not a, not able to make those simple decisions. Um, uh, a small number of mums might feel suicidal, and you know, and I think mm-hmm. when you have those sort of thoughts, to obviously get help as soon as possible, yeah. um, because you know that that there is help there, and those thoughts will pass. Um, what else is there? I was just wondering if I've missed anything. There's all the physical symptoms too of anxiety, where women might have trouble sleeping, or may have lost their appetite, or you know have a really rapid heartbeat, or feel nausea. Those sort of um, symptoms that you get when you're anxious, or even a panic attack. So I think I've covered um, most of those symptoms. You're far out. Yeah. Do you
0: find that um, in your experience, do you find that people or mothers come to you? Um, quite soon after feeling this, or do you find that it's? No, I didn't think did. so.
1: Yeah. I wish they did. I mean, more and more, I'm getting mums coming during pregnancy, which I think is really good because That's we can awesome. put some work in before the babies come, where we either can prevent it happening or we can reduce the severity. Mm. Um, so what we know about this is that the sooner you come and get help, then the quicker the recovery is going to be so those mums that hold off for um, you know feeling like they want to do it themselves or that um, they might be judged or that they're failures or that this is simply what motherhood feels like those women if they hold off seeking help then then it's the recovery is just going to take longer and sometimes those symptoms can become quite severe so you know all those symptoms I I mentioned before they can range from being mild in severity all the way up to you know extremely severe so and and I guess that's important to know that there's a range of symptoms because that's when antidepressant medication might come into the discussion that you have with mm-hmm. your doctor is if if those symptoms are up in that sort of moderate to severe range then sometimes antidepressants are going to be one of the things that can help with that recovery um, because it's difficult sometimes to do the counselling when you're feeling that low or that flat or that anxious. Yeah, right. And I think a lot of mums are quite... or A lot of people are quite nervous about antidepressants, but they they really um, can be quite useful because they're, they're different now. They're quite mild... Um, and they they're not addictive. A lot of people think, "Oh, I don't want to get addicted to these." But antidepressant medication are not addictive, and for some people, some of the time are really quite useful. So I wouldn't necessarily always rule rule that out.
0: Yeah, like does it give mm-hmm. them? Um, like the way that I'm I'm sort of thinking of it. Like my analogy is when I was in labor, I was going, no, 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 no drugs, no drugs. And then I screamed at my partner, give me some fucking gas now, I'll stab you. And, um, I'd been in pre-labor for like eight days. And as soon as I had some gas within 20 minutes, I screamed down the hospital. Like I had a demon inside of me that I needed to push. And it was like, that was just enough to let my mind, like my body and my mind relax to be able to mm. birth the baby is does mm. the antidepressant kind of have that sort of effect like it's just enough for you, the body to be able to relax it, that you can almost take in the information and you can actually really yeah,
1: that kind yeah, of thing exactly and I just uh, yeah, yeah that's true and I also think about the analogy like if you had epilepsy or diabetes and your doctor said look you need this medication you would just of course take you it. would take it yeah of course and you know and i and i see mental illness just like that as well that if there is you know if that's going to help you feel better and on your road to recovery then yeah yeah there's no shame in just taking that um but you know here at the clinic we've got lots of talking therapies and we you know we've got lots of psychologists here that um, specialise in this perinatal mental health. So we know that counselling can help mm. um, and we know that those group programs can help. So there's other ways um, but sometimes you might need a combination.
0: Yeah, it sounds like those. the group therapy sounds amazing. Like I just oh, keep thinking bitch. like that support and just the the feeling like yeah. you're not alone just seems to... Yeah like I can just imagine just the healing benefit benefit oh
1: yeah we're, we're lucky because we've had all the results we do testing of the month before they start the group and then testing again on the last week and we've had all those results analyzed and it's shown a significant improvement across you know the the 38 groups of women doing those um, group, so we know for a fact that it, okay. the improvements happen. Yeah, so that's been really rewarding to see that. Yeah, wow. um, yeah, yeah. It's I think it's it is good, and that, you just get to meet the most amazing women. You know, I'm just in awe of them. Um, yeah,
0: it is yeah. like mothers are incredible, aren't they? Re- like really, truly, <laughs> like women are amazing, or people are amazing, but there's something like once. Once someone's become a mum, they just turn into this, I call them, I call us X-Men, like truly, like the (laughs) amount of things that we can do without even realising it is pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I also honour all those women that aren't mums, that might want to be mums, um, Mm. because I just think that they are amazing women and I always just... Yeah, I'm in awe of them as well because so the scary. journeys that they go through. They, yeah, they, they're strong, amazing women as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And we, need, we need those women. Um, yeah, so I, so I also came to talk to you about um, where women should go if they need help.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that, actually. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you if, say, if we, if you have a friend or, like, you know, someone... Um, that you know as a new mum and you feel like after, you know, listening to those symptoms and you feel like maybe they are at risk of um postnatal or maybe they mm. you know what should what should you do as a friend first off do you think is the right thing to do? Like how should you best go about it finding them help or um yeah. trying to convince them to get help?
1: Yeah, I think maybe um, just being very gentle about that And just giving them a few options um, And then they might be frightened to go and see their doctor Or talk to their child health nurse um, So it might be, you know, having a look at There's different websites Panda, which is an Australian PND organization It's got a great website they can have a look at um, We've got a great website That's actually got lots of stories from some of the mums and videos of the mums telling their stories, um, so even that might resonate with some mums. So that that one's called um, uh, Sunshine Coast P and um. I'll, um, or, I'll yeah, also sorry that.
0: for the, all the um for everyone listening. I'll put all of these yeah. um, websites in the show notes as well, and I'll put uh, all of your details as well in. Yeah. Um, just so people don't have to you know hurriedly write down yeah,
1: something. So, that's a good idea. Yeah. So yeah. Just having a look at a website like that might not be as scary as sort of, you know, straight away going to the doctor or the child health nurse. Mm. Um, Even Panda has like a free um, helpline where you can ring up and talk to someone. Mm. And maybe if your friend is still a bit worried, um, offer to go with them to see the doctor because... Once they have sort of acknowledged what's going on and then they realise that they can get help, it's it's like a massive first step mm. um, in terms of, yeah, getting better, getting the help you need. And I know a lot of mums just, like, have this huge sigh of relief. Is oh, thank God. You yeah, know, I was going to say, that, it would
0: feel like a relief.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would just do that gent- gently and then maybe check in again, you know, a few days later, and just see if they followed up on that help, or is, is is there anything that you can do to help?
0: Mm. Um, that's awesome. And then, yeah, for people, so you recommend Panda because obviously not everyone listening um, is from the Sunshine Coast, unfortunately. No. <laughs> no. Um, but <laughs> does, so, does Panda have um, like? Are you able to go to the Panda website and maybe yeah. find a clinic in your area? Yeah. Is that is <laughs> that Oh, okay. That,
1: yeah, that's what I would do. Is just ask, okay. yeah, ask them who they would recommend in each state, or where there's groups in each state. There's groups, you know, popping up all over Australia. There's mm. lots of psychologists um, throughout all of Australia now working in this area. So, yeah, if they can't find someone, just keep trying. Call Panda, call me, I'll help them find someone. Yeah, it's just really important, too important not to get that help. Yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, I absolutely agree with you. And I'll actually, um, do you mind if I put, like, obviously your number and maybe. Uh, email address if you're comfortable or something like that in yes. the show notes so if people yes. um, can't find someone in their area or something maybe yes. you might know someone or yeah um, because I'm sure I know like for me like people will be listening and they're like oh, I just want to talk to Lisa
1: <laughs> oh, well, we, can do, we can do Skype as well oh
0: that's awesome um, that's good yes, for people yes, to know of
1: course of course and or else I can direct them to someone who's close so I'm more than happy to do that yeah
0: Oh, wow. Well, is there anything else that you can think of that needs, um, that you would like to share?
1: No, I just, yeah, just, I just think it's wonderful that you have put this opportunity out there, Mickey, and I just encourage all the mums out there to, you know, take that step and ask for help. Um, mm. It's out there for you, yeah, and you will get better. You've got to believe that, that you actually will get better. Okay, yeah, that's all I can say. I
0: think that's amazing. Yeah, and I think like, yeah, yeah, for any mum that is um, experiencing these feelings, the ones that we've, you know, talked about or you feel like you are, um, maybe... Suffering from postnatal depression, just mums in general, you just need to know that you're not alone. Like, you're yes, absolutely not alone. Absolutely. We're all, none of us have any idea what we're doing at all. Like, mm. we're, we're all, mm. like, everyone's a first time mum um, at yeah. one stage or another. And, you know, we've all had these feelings. And yeah, that's <laughs> a perfect message.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You're not, you're
0: not alone. Yeah, yeah reach out. That. Like, and even for anyone listening, feel free to reach out to me or like, I'd Mm. always love to talk to, um, anyone struggling. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's just important to, um, support our friends and support, um, just support each other. Like, you know, just, um, be mindful of how we talk, um, Mm. be mindful of what you're saying and whether or not it is is gonna really benefit that new mum, um, or whether it's worth just keeping mm. your mouth shut and just being there to <laughs> listen. <laughs> like and I'm sure God. we've all done it, you Good know? <laughs> yeah. Just think of, and yeah, that's it. Just be really mindful of, of what you're saying because um it may seem harmless to you, but it could really yeah. affect that that other yeah. mother. It's all right, it's hard enough. There's already right, there's enough pressure on us as women and mothers out there and there's so much information and fear, um, we really just need to try and help each other out and kind of co- and like work against that, you know, try and create a place of um, non-judgment and a, and a place that's mm. safe and that, um, you know, that fear doesn't reside. You know, we can, uh, we can mm. all just talk about that fear together and be like, oh, cool, so it's just all of us, no worries. Yeah. Like, let's move on. Yeah um yep. Yep. yeah that's awesome oh so thank true, you Mickey. so Fantastic. much i really oh, really pleasure. appreciate um you doing this and i've absolutely i've learned so much um and i think that was for me it was really important as someone who as i said hasn't suffered but knows so many mm. mums that have and mm. really um and, like, obviously I'm just so – I was so naive to it, I guess, and just really mm. wanting to understand um, – yeah. Oh, actually, there was – sorry. I know <laughs> I'm just wrapping this up, but I just have to ask one more question um, that yeah. I completely forgot about that I think is a great question. Um, yeah. as, as mothers who, you know, potentially – Um, are mothers of daughters who are going to be mothers themselves. Do you Mm -hmm. have any, I guess, um, tips or ideas or beliefs or, I don't know, something that maybe we can um, instill in our children that will maybe make them more confident? Mothers, do you know what I mean? And maybe oh. hopefully, yeah. Because like, obviously, I've got a daughter, and I'm um, I'm one of four girls, <laughs> and I was raised by oh. just my mum. So like, um, you know, it's really important to me that my like, I just think I would hate for my daughter to um think that she's anything but an amazing mum. So how can we instil that oh. in our children?
1: Wow, in one sentence? Yeah. Or, A couple. I'll
0: give you a few sentences.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. There's so many different ways to answer that. One, I would say, as mums, make sure that you are looking after yourself. If you are looking after yourself physically and mentally, as in self-care, then that's the best that you can be for your own daughter. Okay, so if you if you are exercising, if you are having some downtime, if you're relaxing, um, if your expectations of yourself are realistic, um, that's the best that you can be for your daughter. So I would say if I had to just say one thing, it would be that, look yeah. after yourself.
0: So true because like, you know, kids are sponges that you can tell them whatever you want to their face, but they... They, are just yeah, they're watching you. That's exactly right. They're watching you. So
1: yes, yeah. So let's let's leave it with that one, or else I could just talk for another (laughs) hour, Mickey. Yeah,
0: I know me too. My producer's just like, oh, good. Like it's been going on a while, but (laughs) oh, I love that. That's a beautiful answer, and I think that's just something to um, for all mums to take away with, whether you are a mum yet, or you're about to be, or you're going to be. At the end of the day, you can't be a good mum unless you are looking after yourself. Like, yes. to be the You've best got to fill mum. Your own bucket up. Totally. I think that's so important. So look after you. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Lisa, for right. today. Right. It's been a wonderful chat. Um, obviously, yeah, yeah, great chatting
1: to you too, Mickey. Thank you. Okay, okay,
0: bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to that podcast. That's amazing. My mind is still blown. I was like, had tears in my eyes and goosebumps all over my body the whole time. Um, If you or someone you know is experiencing um, any of those symptoms that Lisa mentioned, um, please go to the Panda website or Lisa's website. All of the details for um, Panda and um, Lisa's website. Uh, and Lisa will be in the show notes so make sure you check them out and hit them up and just know that you're not a failure for wanting help if anything you know that is just going to make you a better mother you have to look after you it's so so damn important um you're all amazing you're all amazing mothers um and just keep believing that whatever you're doing you're doing it right so thank you and goodbye Please Ask Mickey is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. Created, hosted and produced by Michaela Burnett. Check out pleaseaskmickey.com. Editorial support from Julia Foskey, executive producers Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio stories, check out hit.com.au.